Entropy. Bad voice impersonations. Tell me, that's not what you're expecting. Fictional characters have integrity too, you know. So please allow their imaginary selves some dignity. For those three, Rusty, Hank, and Gregory, that's pretty much what matters most. Their integrity. It doesn't really matter if I bash their names together just so I could hastily fill in a box here to open an account on my host's webpage. What was needed to get this... this show on the road. Yes, it really was as impulsive and spontaneous as all that. I had to come up with a description of what this is all about. I couldn't very well say, You know, it feels kind of like an amorphous black blob of meaningless dark musings that I thought might be fun to use to connect with the stream of universal consciousness. Dude. So I thought of those three. Why? Well, I flatter myself in thinking how delighted I was and how reassured I felt to see a little bit of me enacted in each of those characters. It was a validation that the personality I've carried all my life like an albatross can, at the very least, be entertaining to others. And not just me. For those who don't know what I'm talking about, I'm referring to the nihilistic Rustin Cole played by Matthew McConaughey in the first season of True Detective, the hedonistic Hank Moody by that former FBI guy David Duchovny in Californication, and the misanthropist with the rapier wit Gregory House in the series House with Hugh Laurie at his very best. Which has me thinking, I could have spared myself the gaudy Hollywood fandom and gone straight to the amorphous black blob after all. But then I would have attracted a far more degenerate lot than present company included. That's uh, you, by the way, now listening, who probably right about now is going, Hmm? If you're not, then all I can say is, welcome aboard, pull up a deck chair. And my, what a lovely big iceberg that is. Sure, it would be great to know how these prickly, highly intelligent, belligerent by degrees, and I must stress fictional characters would interplay, like some face-off rounds at a superhero's convention, appreciate the powers of the deeply disillusioned and cynicism at its scathing best. So, let's not compromise. I mean, the real people here. That would be you and me. No need to look around. Nobody else is here. Let's make a pact, just you and me, to agree to brutal honesty from this moment forward. Agreed? Good. I'll talk. You listen. How hard can that be, huh? For you at least. Let's start at the beginning. They always say, just start writing. It'll come. That, in case you missed it, was me starting to write, awaiting the coming. And by writing I also mean the physical act of verbalizing what would otherwise be a mechanical process involving at least one hand, but not two and an apparatus for encoding meaning, which would otherwise be decoded by way of your eyeballs. Pull me up if I'm becoming too obscure here. Obscurity, as I have been told many times in my life, is not the hallmark of profundity. Write that down. You'll need it. 
so at least for now, I make no demands on your eyeballs. Anything yet? No, it doesn't look that way. And starting again is cheating. Hitting reset after you already know the moves, and then pretending to play them as if for the very first time, over and over again. I mean, who are you kidding? A hollow victory that still feels like defeat. A pointless exercise in self-abuse without even a hint of deluded illusory pleasure. So what's the point of this anyway? This self-deception. And I'm not just talking about writer's block. I am actually being obscurely profound. Is it an addict's craving for a sense of victory? To win and feel like a winner? The addiction to victory. Isn't that what we do it all for? The constant high maintenance of self-esteem, so easily eroded and constantly demanding fortification. Just as every cell in the human body is replaced through the process of mitosis, so too is that intangible thing we call the self subjected to a relentless war of attrition, bravely attempting to build up everything torn down by the simple act of living, replaced with something similar but not quite the same, or, in times of real crisis, a reinvention of the self, a complete makeover, a psychotic breakdown. That obsessive, compulsive battle with entropy is on all fronts. You may win a few, but the outcome of the war is certain. Entropy always wins. But that's okay, because you won't be there. You won't be there to endure the bitter sting of defeat anyway. No harm, no foul. If all harm requires is the memory of it and the damage that's there to remind us. Wait, did you hear that? Is that the coming? It seems like it could be. But I just didn't feel like, well, you know, coming. No earth-shattering, I saw stars, woo-hoo, ooh, baby, baby, the roller coaster is plunging down the track, whoops, there goes my lunch. There's no stopping me now, baby. I want to rock and roll all night and party every day, thing. It's probably because I paused to consider if it had started, which of course made it immediately stop. It's shy that way, and kind of cruel, too. One of life's cruel little jokes. The demand for complete immersion. Whatever it is we're doing. The solvency of self. And with it, the complete negation of self. As distinct from all else. The coming will come, just so long as you do not disengage enough to realize the coming. Because if you do, well, the coming is gone. But isn't it really about the complete negation of self? the total obliteration of who you are, with all your self-conscious, awkward insecurities and existential musings about the meaning of I. Don't we all try to get lost, somehow? We get wrecked, stoned, wasted, smashed, screwed, fucked. In more spiritual and holistic moments, we call it Zen. Other times we call it, well, coming. Uh-huh. I did it again. I drew attention to the consciousness of self and almost brought myself back to a restart. But this isn't technically a restart. It's more like the kickstart 
after the stall. A momentary misfire. Dirt in the carburetor. Scrap that. Nobody knows what I'm talking about with that kind of analogy. And besides, I'm only showing my age. Which brings us back to entropy. Age is that thing where it's clear entropy has broken away with a significant lead, and you can see the game is now unwinnable. The sandcastle walls just don't patch up the way they used to. Since I'm intent on being so honest with you, whether you like it or not, and I'll save that for the next episode, I have to tell you that this is where I'll stop for now. Human frailty has me wanting to do other things, not least of all, sleep. I would like to think that I have the stamina and staying power to return to pick up the pen, and in this 21st century of keyboard overkill, I use the word metaphorically. Although I have nothing against the pen, it harks back to an imagined era of romance and chivalry. That is, if I wasn't left-handed. The fountain just doesn't glide as easily as it does when written from the right, but is instead gouged when ploughed from the left, the nib ripping into the flesh of paper, leaving the heel pad blotting and smearing in its wake. It ain't pretty. If you're a lefty, you know exactly what I'm talking about. What's that? Ballpoint, you say? Please, don't say. I'll return another day. What did I say the next episode was going to be about? Oh yeah, honesty, whether you like it or not. Entropy. 